This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. My subtitle this morning will be The Call to Courage. We're talking about courage in crisis, but the subtitle is The Call to Courage. And just for the purposes of bringing context as we begin, uh, I'd like to just start by bringing some definitions of courage and of crisis, just so that we can just have a bit of context for what we're going to talk about this morning. And these are dictionary definitions. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. It's bravery. Courage is also strength in the face of pain or grief. Crisis, on the other hand, is a time of intense difficulty or danger. It's also a time when a difficult or important decision must be made. It must be made. Not needs to be made. Must be made. And so for me, if I sum that up, courage in crisis then becomes stepping out in the face of difficulty or danger. It also becomes making difficult and important decisions in the face of fear. It also becomes strength in the face of what one fears. Or strength in the face of difficult and important decisions. Nothing, nothing in life or ministry happens apart from courage. Nothing. Someone has to respond to the call to courage. Nothing can be accomplished outside of courage. And if you've ever stepped out and done anything, you can agree with me that it took courage for you to step out. If you had to enter territory that you had never entered, it took courage for you to step out. And so in light of nothing happening outside of courage, it's critical in this time that the church becomes the church. It's critical that the church becomes the church. All we have to do is look at our elections that have just passed. And you can see that the enemy is trying to infiltrate the church. And he's trying to create weakness in the body of Christ. He wants to leave us fearful and not wanting to lead. And if he can accomplish that, then everything that is God falls by the wayside. But you and I know that that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so there needs to be an answer to the call to courage. And we're going to use two characters in the Bible this morning to just draw out some lessons on courage. And I believe we can't speak about courage without speaking about these two characters. And those characters are Joshua and Caleb. We're going to draw some lessons from their lives. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 4 says, One generation 
passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. One generation passes away and another generation comes. The reality, my brothers and sisters, is that this generation is passing away. It is passing away. And in the midst of what we would call crisis in this nation, God looks to one place and one place alone. He looks to vessels that he can use. Pastor Taz in his message said that in crisis we look for leaders. But for God in crisis he looks for a vessel that he can begin to work through. He looks for a vessel that he can deposit his wisdom on the inside so that his purposes may come to pass. And so I'll put it to you this morning, my brothers and sisters, that this is our finest hour as the church of God. This is our finest hour. And because it's our finest hour, God is looking for a response from his bride. If you're married in this place and you have a bride, I just want you to imagine your bride not responding to you. You trying to relate to your bride and they're not responding. You pursuing your bride and they're not responding. I'm just thinking of my wife now. If she wouldn't respond to me, that would kill me, <laughs> literally. And the interesting thing is that God paints a picture of the church and he calls his church his bride. And so which means that he's looking for the bride to respond in a manner that is fitting for the bride. He has lavished all his love on us. And he has invested everything in us. But in this season and every season, God is looking for one thing, for his bride to respond. For his bride to respond. And hence, there's a call to courage. And so now, we will jump into Joshua and Caleb. We will start in Exodus 33, verse 7 to 11. We're going to speak about what it means to answer the call to courage. What is the call to courage? Exodus 33, verse 7 to 11 says, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord, went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was when Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose, and each man stood at his tent and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door 
And all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. The first thing that a call to courage is, is it's a call to seek the Lord. It's a call to seek the Lord. Not everyone. will access God. And those who access God need courage. In, a face, in the face of a world where consensus is the order of the day, where we judge ourselves by one another, it's going to take you courage to step out and seek God. It's not popular to seek God. It's not popular to seek God. The word here first speaks of Moses. It says he pitched his tent away from the congregation. And it says it happened that everyone who wanted to seek God went there to the tent. But as we see the pillar of cloud coming down, we see that all the other people were watching from the doors of their tents. And yet, the invitation to be in the presence of God was for every one of them. No one was secluded from being in the presence of God. Whoever wanted to be in the presence of God had access. But it takes courage to seek God. It says Moses would return to the camp after being in the presence of God. And the interesting thing about being in the presence of God is you can go into the presence of God day in, day out, and come out holding nothing. And I'll put that in quotes because to the people who are watching you, you've gone in, you've come out, and nothing has changed. You can come out and believe that you're holding nothing. But for those that have understood the place of his presence, there is no such thing as wasted time in the presence of God. There is no such thing as wasted time. And so just imagine Joshua, he decided to stay at the tabernacle. And, and, and I would imagine that, I mean, he must have gone back at least once, <laughs> you know, to his tent. Imagine the kind of words that he had to face. Having come back from the presence of God and nothing has changed. The slander, the ridicule, all because he had come out of the presence of God. But at that moment, he didn't have anything to show for it. It takes courage, it takes courage, it takes courage to seek the Lord. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then it goes on to say, he that comes to God must believe 
that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That scripture speaks to us of the fact that it takes a certain quality for you to be able to come into the presence of God. You must believe he is and that he is a rewarder. And so in this house this morning, do we have those that believe that God is a rewarder? Of those who diligently seek him. Some startling facts. Our prayer meetings here at Borodome Church on a weekly basis in this number that attends weekly, I don't think we've arrived a tithe of the church yet in attendance to prayer. And if that's evidence of the number of people that are seeking God, then that's a scary statistic. It takes courage to seek God. And I know there are those that pray in the secret place. But there's also the place for corporate prayer. And so this is our finest hour. We ought to be in the presence of God, seeking God. And you will see why it's important for us to seek God. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Acts 17, 26 says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek him. doesn't say so that they might. He says so that they should seek him in the hope that they may grope for him and find him. Though he is not far from each of us, for in him... We live and move and have our being. God says he set our pre-appointed times and boundaries of our dwellings. And it says he has done that so that we would seek him. He has already written the volumes of the books of our lives. And he's telling us that if we seek him, we become preview to what he's already written. How many of you would want to know what God has written about you? The place of his presence. That is the place where we begin to see what God has spoken concerning us. Tonight, I heard there's a call for worship night. The place of his presence. It takes courage. It takes courage. To seek the Lord, it takes courage. And God is looking for us to answer the call. In the 2018 word, Pastor Tom declared, many forget that Joshua lingered long inside of the tent of God's presence. For those who have not departed from his ways or from seeking his face and have kept him and his presence as the center of our love, like Joshua, many are about to be elevated. As we, like Joshua, have made serving him by serving his people and our community our highest desires, we are about to see the manifestation of many promises that God has spoken not only to us individually, but as a church and a spiritual community. Things he has been whispering in your ear will soon 
become visible for, those, for all to see. God would put the fear of the Lord on all those around you and they will tremble at your approach. Celebration Church, I can tell you that elevation is coming for those who will answer the call to courage. Elevation is coming for those who will answer the call to stay in his presence, to seek his face, and to make him the center of their love. The second thing that a call to courage is, is is a call to obtain clear assignments from God. It's a call to obtain clear assignments from God. Joshua 1, verse 1 to 4 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all of this people, to the land which I'm giving you, to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river Euphrates, all the land, the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. It takes courage to obtain clear assignments of God, from God. And courage rests on a clear assignment from God. There can be no courage outside of mission. No courage outside of mission. Just as there is no such thing as faith apart from challenge. No courage outside of mission. And as the body of Christ, we have a mission. We are not without mission. But the question then becomes, are we aware of what our mission is? Are we aware? Could it be that the reason why we're drawing back is not because we're not aware of what our mission is? We're not aware of what our assignment is. God wants to move us from assignment to assignment to assignment, fulfilling those assignments on his behalf. But if we're not previewed to those assignments, then we can't walk in courage. We can't step out in faith. We can't. We need those assignments. And those assignments come from the place of his presence. Could it be that our lack of courage is based on a lack of clear insight into our assignment? In this season, God is clarifying assignments to those who would answer the call to courage. Samuel, from a place of not having known the voice of God at all, receives a a simple instruction. And on that simple instruction, he's courageous enough to obey. 
and to stand on that instruction. And that instruction literally opened up his prophetic destiny. In the 2018 word, Pastor Tom declared, life will force many into a destiny and careers they did not study or even desire. He says, out of the debris and ashes will arise lives filled with passion and purpose. He makes all things new. In 5778, many will answer the call to the nations. People will leave their dream jobs due to the burden of Jesus and the gospel resting on them. That sounds to me like clear assignments resting on people. That movement can only be because of clear assignments resting on people. You see, God is pregnant with purpose. And in the word that he gave us for the year, there are things in there that he began to prepare us for in advance. The next thing that the call of courage is, is it's a call to living with an assurance of his presence. Joshua 1 verse 5 says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. Then in verse 9, he says again, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Courage rests upon the assurance of God's presence. If you look at any servant of God in the Bible who stood, especially in the midst of a system that was not godly, they were clear of the fact that God was with them. They were clear. Elijah declared boldly before Ahab that he stood before God. In 1 Kings 17 verse 1 it says, And Elijah, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no Jew, no rain these years except at my word. That word could have been the cutting off of his head. But because he knew his assignment and he knew that God was with him, he could boldly declare in the face of the king what God had impressed on him. Could it be that our lack of courage is based on our lack of assurance of God's presence? Are we sure that God is with us? Are we confident that God is with us. I want you to turn to your neighbor and ask them, is God with you? Is God with you? Are we, are we sure? Because when we're sure, we step out in courage and we begin to do what God is desiring for us to do. Amen. God is calling us to that place. That place of moving with and living with an assurance 
of his presence with us. Because his presence is with us. 2018 word says, expect to see an increase in the activity of the Holy Spirit. Desire for him to work miracles through you and on your behalf this year. Expect his anointing to rest upon you. Expect a supernatural paving of the way in every situation you encounter. Expect angels to intervene on your behalf and on behalf of those you are ministering to and praying for and building community with. For me, that sounds like part of an assurance of the presence of God being with me. Angels intervening. God encounters the supernatural. That is evidence of God being with us. God is desiring to give an assurance of his presence. Of Joseph, it says in Psalm 105, Verse 17, moreover, he called for a famine in the land and he destroyed all the bread of, the provision of bread. Then in verse 17, it says, that was 16, sorry. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him, and the ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler over all his possessions, to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. What we look at when we're reading Genesis as misfortune for Joseph, in Psalm 105, God is saying he was sending Joseph. He says he sent a man before them. Joseph sold as a slave. So it's not always what it looks like. Our picture of sending is either your being your hands being laid on you and then you're sent off. <laughs> but God's picture of sending is very different. And so even in the midst <laughs> Of situations, we need to be able to discern what God is doing. We need to be able to discern what God... God is saying you are sending Joseph. And when we read the story, we say, ah, poor Joseph. And yet the people that they sold uh, Joseph to were the very people God knew would deliver him to Potiphar's house. God knew that already. He knew. <laughs> that that's what was going to happen. <laughs> and he knew that he needed to be in Potiphar's house to be able to end up being father to Pharaoh. <laughs> he knew. He knew. And so that was the hand of God at work. And we need to be able to understand the working of God. The next thing that the call of courage is to Numbers 13, 34 says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to do it. This is an account of Caleb. A call to courage 
is a call to quiet the voices that are not of God. Caleb was clear about their assignment. And it gave him the courage to quiet the voices that were not of God. In, in, in this case, it was the people. You quiet the voices that are not of God with the promises of God. He had the promise and he had it in his heart. And it gave him the ability to be able to quiet the voices that were not of God. Who is it in this dispensation in the nation of Zimbabwe as the body of Christ who is quieting the voices that are not of God? Who is it who is holding the promises of God and saying, I'm here, I have the promise of the Father and I know where he's taking us. This is the call to courage. God wants us to grab a hold of those promises and to release them into the atmosphere. Not only into the atmosphere, but to speak to those in power. It's a call to courage. It's a call to courage. In the 2018 word, Pastor Tom declared, think of the impact God's word could have upon our state of mind, our marriages, our finance, our government, and the governments where our churches and fellow Zimbabweans live. The lost and unreached people groups who still need to hear the gospel. I'm strongly encouraging you to set aside 10 to 15 minutes daily to praise God and confess his word out loud. Confess his word over your life and over the people you have chosen to build community with. And, of course, over family, business, and world situations that concern you. As you do this, you will be exercising the governmental authority that God gave you as a child. And you will see dramatic results. This is in the 2018 word. It's as if the situation that we're in now, God saw it coming and began to deposit what was required for us to survive in this situation. But if we don't see it, then we can murmur, we can complain. <laughs> and yet this is our finest hour. This is our finest hour. It's our time to rise up. Joshua 1 verse 10 says, Then Joshua commanded the officer of the peoples, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. The call to courage is the call to lead. After God had said all he had said to Joshua, after he had exhorted him, after he had given him the assignment, Joshua had to lead. After all has been said and done, someone has to lead. And if we fail to lead, the enemy is happy to lead. He's happy. He's happy to lead. He'll do it gladly. And I think of my life 
two years ago, my wife and I uh, sensed like we needed to increase our prayer time. And so in the midst of that, birth within my wife was a desire to, uh, it was coinciding with the same time that there was made a call for 24-7 prayer. And so within her was, was birthed the desire to start lunchtime prayer. And so she approached a leadership in prayer, and it seemed good for the Holy Spirit and for the leadership to start that meeting. And so she started off. And at the same time, there was an evening prayer meeting that was on, and it was for pastors, and it was led by pastors. And it went on for a season, but then the seasons changed. And then there arose then a need for a leader to step in and lead the evening prayers. And I was called and given the opportunity to be the one that leads those prayers. And at the time that the call came, I wasn't in that space in terms of, <laughs> in my mind, in my, you know, I, I, I'll probably say, I didn't feel like I was prepared for it. But it aligned with what we were sensing. We were desiring more to be in the presence of God and to increase our prayer time. And so when the opportunity arrived, because it aligned with what we sensed, I took it on. And I can tell you from the time that I've taken on evening prayer, uh, the amount of uh, encounters that I've had with God are countless. And the amount of transitions that have been taking place in my life are countless. And, and I can attribute part of what has happened to me because of the time that I've been spending in prayer. And so someone has to lead. I started off with no leaders. And this is a prayer meeting that is every day except Wednesday. But when I stepped out in faith, God began to draw the people. He began to draw the people. He began to draw the people. Some of them were even timid. They didn't want to lead prayer. But others came and he had prepared them in advance. And so now, evening prayer is going on. The day after the elections, we were in the prayer room praying. We were in the prayer room praying. Because what had happened, had happened. Our job is to release the word of God in his presence and to hold on to his promises. We're not moved by what we see. We're moved by faith. We need to answer the call to courage. Could it be that the leadership vacuum in our nation is because of our refusal to lead? And when I mean lead, I don't mean you are the one in the political seat. You can lead. <laughs> Even as a second in charge, you can lead 
from other positions. I'm not talking about you being in the position only, of which for some of us, we are the ones in the position. 2018 word says, in 5778, it will become, I want you to hear the wording, it will become increasingly important for you to use this authority. He's talking about governmental authority. To see God's will carried out in your sphere and around the world. This is why we will be training ourselves on how to pray with others in the courtrooms of heaven so that we can enter the courts of heaven and exact judgments that must be pronounced in order for the Holy Spirit to do his work on earth and in our lives. 5778 will usher in a culmination of many long-awaited promises. It is a year that opens a new season of healing, wholeness, and freedom, a new era of taking territory for the king and of establishment of the influence of his government in earth. Of course, the key is for us all to exercise our faith, to do what he's asking us to do on behalf of others, lead the change, and be prepared to go forward into the promised land. God is looking to us to lead the change. He's looking to us. He's only ever looked to his people, those that are yielded to him to bring about significant changes in any generation. Joshua 10, verse 12 to 14, as I begin to round up, says, Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Sun stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Aijalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. It says, is it not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down before about a whole day. And there's not been a day like it before it or after it that the Lord heeded the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. The call to courage is the call to make bold decrees and pray bold prayers. That's the call to courage. It takes understanding and the assignment and discerning the Lord at work for us to be able to make bold decrees and pray bold prayers. God was working with Joshua and he discerned it, and he knew what the assignment was. God said he was going to wipe out every single person. And so Joshua, with that knowledge, and seeing that the sun was going down, prayed a bold prayer, or made a bold decree. And God heeded that decree. This is our time to make bold decrees. Could it be that our lack of bold prayers is because we don't understand the assignment or discern the Lord at work? God is bringing us into an understanding. God is bringing us into an understanding. This is the call to courage. 
And lastly, this is an account of Caleb, Joshua 14, 6 to 7, and 10 to 12. It says, And Caleb, the son of Jephna, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Verse 10 says, And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, and he has said these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day 85 years old. As yet I'm as strong this day as I was on the day that Moses sent me out. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard that that for you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out. The call to courage is a call to hold on to the promises of God until they fulfill them. It takes faith and courage to hold on to the promise of God until they are fulfilled. The word was in Caleb's heart. And in Hebrews, we saw that some died holding on to the promise, not having seen it. But it says that that happened so that they could be made complete with us. And so there's a generation that's coming. And so for some of the things that we will hold on to, the promises of God, it might not happen in our time. And we have to be okay to say, yes, even if it doesn't happen in my time, I know that my children and their children's children will have a different life because I held on to the promise. Some of them, we will see them with our very eyes. But some we won't. That's the reality. Some we won't. But our role is to hold on to the promises of God until they're fulfilled. Could it be that the reason we're not seeing promises fulfilled is because we're giving up too early? Peter 1 verse 2 and 4 says grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we, you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises. And only by these, only by the promises, will we be able to escape everything that is in the world. Light shines in the darkness for those that are holding the promises of God in their hand. No promises, the darkness will engulf you. 
we have to be the ones holding the promises of God. And not only holding them out for ourselves, but declaring them to others so that the light can come on in their lives too. This is our finest hour. God is calling his bride to arise. God is calling his bride to seek him. God is calling us to obtain clear assignments. He's calling us to live with the assurance of his presence. God is calling us to lead. God is calling us to make bold decrees and pray bold prayers. And God is calling us to hold on to his promises until they are fulfilled. This is the call to courage. This is the call to courage. He's waiting for his bride to respond. I want us to just, if there's anyone in the room and you are fearful, If you're fearful about anything, it could be about your future in this nation. It could be about your future elsewhere. It could be about your children. It could be about you. If you're fearful, I'm going to ask you to stand. Just stand. says that with every temptation that we face, God makes a way of escape. He makes a way of escape. And for those of us who are standing, there is a way of escape. There is a way of escape. And it comes through us beginning to respond. God there is a psalm that declares when sudden fear comes upon me I will trust so it's not saying the fear will not come it will come but there is a response that comes after and that response can only come from the depths of our heart and that's the call to courage the fear will be there But that doesn't mean we can't make decisions. We can. In the face of fear, we can make decisions. And it takes courage. It takes seeking God to find out 
what is really going on in our situation. Because some of that fear is false evidence appearing real. But it takes seeking God. It takes hearing God concerning your assignment. It takes Him giving you an assurance of the fact that His presence is with you. It takes all of those things. And that fear. cast out there is no fear in love the Bible says there is no fear in love thanks for listening for more teachings and videos visit celebrationmen.org